0: number three of the john and leah show my name is john ziegler my co-host is leah brandon each sunday evening we get together for three hours we talk about the news of the week sometimes the events of our bizarre lives and we do so in an entertaining informative and unique fashion lots to get to in this the third and final hour of the program including a couple more thoughts leah on the status of the race for the republican nomination which is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen in politics, which I've been following really since 1976 when I was, oh, I was nine years old and I was a Jerry Brown supporter, um, believe it or not, which is, goes to the old <laughs> saying that if you're nine years old and you're not a liberal, then you have no heart. Right. Um, and I never thought in 1976 that I would be living in California because I grew up in the Philadelphia area and that Jerry Brown would still be the damn governor. <laughs> In 2015. God.
1: It's unbelievable. What a nightmare.
0: It's unbelievable. But even more unbelievable than Jerry Brown being the governor of this state um, is, is the state of this Republican race. Um, yeah. And, you know, in 2008, I was a little slow, although still ahead of the curve in seeing what was going to happen with Barack Obama. Uh, You know, I I bought How Obama Got Elected in May of 2008.com, HowObamaGotElected.com, which ended up being the website for a movie I did called Media Malpractice, How Obama Got Elected, and Palin was targeted.
1: And boy, Uh, they looked like amateurs back then.
0: Yeah, well, the the world was semi rational then. It's now completely irrational. But my point is this, that I I could, at first, I didn't believe the Obama thing was going to happen. At first, you know, back in late 2007, I thought there is no way. <laughs> but then I started to go, oh, whoa, wait a minute, this is this is for real. And I even, you know, urged uh, my good friend, the uh, the Democratic uh, Congressman in Louisville, my former TV co-host John Yarmouth, to endorse Barack Obama before he actually did. So I was a little bit, of, at least publicly, ahead of Congressman Yarmouth, which eventually he did do, uh, just in time to get in, you know, on the bandwagon just quick enough to where um, it was helpful. Uh, so it, my, my point is this, there are a lot of parallels, although not it's not 100% analogous, between Obama's race to the Democratic nomination in 2008 and Donald Trump's in, in 2016. There are some differences. Obviously, the, the field is much larger, and obviously Obama uh, d- broke out much later than yeah. Trump is doing. Right. Uh, however, Trump has been able to sustain himself far longer than anybody anticipated uh, and and far longer than than any of the other flavor of the month candidates in the last few cycles so this is beyond a flavor of the month all right this he is not going completely away barring an event of the proportions we can't really imagine that doesn't mean he's going to win the nomination it just means he ain't going away And last week I predicted that the final four, much like the college football playoff, would be Donald Trump, Ben Carson, Marco Rubio, and Ted Cruz. And I feel even more strongly that those are the final four this week than I did last week. Um, But the problem with this is (laughs) that um, I don't see how any of those four come out of this with a chance to beat Hillary Clinton. And I realize that that's a very unpopular Um, view among conservatives who are delusional about how easy this is going to be because they're not thinking it through in my opinion leah because yeah go ahead well (laughs) look
1: for the democrats it doesn't matter that the the country is so divided that no matter satan could be running for the democratic nomination and get elected
0: they don't care well, maybe not Satan, but not Bernie Sanders. See, I, I still would. I still think Bernie Sanders would lose uh, to a rational Republican. I really do. Um, I don't uh, think so. Uh, yeah, you you really think Bernie Sanders would? Yes. Would, are would...
1: you kidding? He's giving away everything free. Yeah. This country but, has lost its work ethic. No, no, it's I, gone. No,
0: no, Lee, I, I'm right there with you on the pessimism. Uh, however. As I look at the Electoral College map, see, I think Bernie Sanders, for instance, would have a tough, he would never win Ohio. Um, I I, I don't see how he could win Virginia. I think he would get beaten Florida badly by a Marco Rubio. Um, He would have trouble in Nevada, Colorado, Uh, so I, I, I just think that. It, that would be really tough. And it's possible. It's possible. I mean, we are a socialist country now. So we might as well have a, a, a president that actually refers to them as a socialist, themselves yep. as a socialist. But um, but here's where I'm going on the, on the Republican side. And this is what really um, has me troubled and why I'm so, so I'm darn depressed about this whole thing and so angry and conflicted about the Trump deal, because after all, he is magic. So if Trump is in for the duration, which he is, barring a cataclysmic event— and there are four final candidates, all of whom have a significant section of the Republican or conservative base. That to me means that nobody is going to have a clear uh, hold on the nomination before the convention. So now somebody please, and I do mean this, please email me, Twitter me, uh, Facebook me, whatever. Please tell me the scenario where the candidate can come out of that with any chance of beating Hillary. Hillary. And, and, and here's what I mean by that. Let's say it's Trump, right? Let's say that somehow Trump withstands the entire Republican establishment doing everything they can to keep him from winning the nomination. And he and he somehow, on the force of his own personality and dumb luck and, and the anger and all that, he somehow wins the nomination. I don't think that's going to happen. But let's somehow— I think it is. I think it's Trump or nothing. Okay. Well, he, oddly enough, oddly enough— Trump may be our only chance to beat Hillary, and here's what I mean by that. If it's Trump, the establishment will begrudgingly Because that's what the establishment does. I mean, they're not going to vote for Hillary, and they're not going to stay home, most of them. There'll be portions of the Republican base that'll stay home. I think some pro-lifers will stay home because they won't trust Trump on on judges. There'll be some, you know, imminent, imminent domain libertarians who will stay home and won't vote for Trump. So we'll lose some of our base. But we won't lose as much of our base if Trump doesn't get the nomination. Let's say Rubio gets it and Trump is pissed off and goes home with his 25 to 35 percent telling everybody what a horrible candidate Rubio is.
1: Exactly. Because
0: those people who are thirsting for blood and are now getting themselves wedded to the notion of Donald Trump as the nominee are never going to turn out for a Marco Rubio now. That's right. Never. Never. Yeah, it's Trump or nothing. So, I mean, that's where we are. In a way, Trump is like a suicide bomber. <laughs> no, he is. He, he, he can self-detonate. Right. I mean, if if he wins Iowa, I, I have never—you know, it's so funny that the establishment is and the conventional wisdom is always wrong. People are starting to say, Iowa, and New Hampshire aren't that important. Are you kidding me? If I was Donald Trump, I would be putting— everything into iowa and new hampshire because if he wins iowa and new hampshire he's going to be the nominee because his greatest asset is his aura of invincibility and the fact that he's a winner and so if if the republican base or the republican party sees trump win iowa and give that big old speech and then he wins new hampshire on top of it the next week or whatever it is it's over He's gonna steamroll people. you know, It might take a while because the establishment will co- coalesce around somebody like a Rubio, but at that point, Rubio won't have the guns, and, and Trump will have all the momentum. So, I, I it's hard for me to see the scenario. What what is the roadmap now? Granted, events happen, events, can, but it's gonna have to take something huge to get us off this path. Where Trump is not a suicide bomber with the ability to destroy our nominee and not have the Lose. ability right not not have the ability to win on his own, so he right. can't win for, for reasons I've outlined numerous times. He can't. What win. if he brings in Scott Walker? <laughs> I think he, he ripped. Who who could? That's by the way a fascinating conversation which we'll have at some point later. Who would possibly be Trump's VP? He's oh, ri- bra- <laughs> he's ripped everybody. He's ripped everybody. Who could be his VP?
1: Yeah, but all he'll have to do is say, ah, you know, I had to win, so I had to do what I had to do to
0: win. Uh, And everybody would be like, oh, okay, yeah, he did have to win. (laughs) I I mean, maybe. I. I, I, I actually tried to think about this this afternoon I, as I was watching football. Who would possibly be his VP? Uh, you know, if, if I was Trump, again, if I'm trying to win the nomination, because I don't think Ben Carson really has his heart in this. I mean, he's on a book tour right now. He just took two weeks off the trail to go on a book tour. If I was Trump, I would underground tell Ben, hey, Ben, you're my VP. Because it fits. It fits the outsider thing. It it, it takes away the race issue. And, and Ben would probably be thrown with that because I don't think hearts in it Ben doesn't have the ben carson does not have this thirst to be president of the united states he's kind of like
1: whatever you know he's tired his (laughs) wife was here in town
0: uh yesterday or the day before
1: you know so his wife is out there campaigning
0: while he's well he's on a book tour well he's on a book (laughs) tour all right okay enough of trump and the uh, republican uh, nominating process there's other stuff that's happened uh that we will get to when we come back on the john and leah show on the free speech broadcasting network This is the John and Leah show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And one of the basic premises of this program is that journalism is dead. And there are a lot of reasons why journalism is dead. (laughs) I would say one of the basic causes for this is that journalism takes time to do properly. You know, journalism is difficult. Good journalism is tough to find out what really actually happened to know for sure what the facts are, and to be able to put those facts together in a way that makes any sense. We now live in a world where there's no time. because And no employees. Right, there's no employees, no time, no resources. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's also something called Twitter. And Twitter exacerbates this problem because everything is instantaneous. And the news media, bizarrely, often finds itself following Twitter stories. In other words, Correct. they react. If they see something hot on Twitter, the news media goes, Oh my God, we're missing out on a tenth of a rating point. We must go after that immediately, regardless of whether it's actually a story or not. It's viral. It's viral. Right. It's trending. So <laughs> we I mean that's how pathetic <laughs> it's it is. Stamping. It is so pathetic, but that's reality. That's the way the <laughs> modern news media works. And because of that, we are seeing increasingly Lee, and I know you'll agree with me on this. Increasingly, we're seeing stories that are born out of Twitter, that the news media gives credibility to, that our newsmakers and sometimes our president then give credibility to, that turn out to be total bullcrap. Exactly. And the worst example probably ever of this is Ahmed the Clock Guy. Um, from Texas. Um, the bomb clock? <laughs> yeah, clock med is my favorite reference to him. Clock med. Um, this is the guy, the 14-year-old, who in Texas allegedly just... Very innocently brought in a clock and showed all his teachers and those mean, nasty racists and Islamophobists in Texas cracked down on him and presumed him to be a terrorist and gave him a suspension and all that. It was just a poor, innocent clock. Mm -hmm. And he immediately, immediately after the Twitter storm, the Twitter storm wasn't even over, and President Obama tweeted to him an invitation to come to the White House, which, by the way, (laughs) which by the way, which is insane in itself. I mean, that's insane that knowing nothing because the president of the United States could not have known anything at that time. Well, he knew he was Muslim. That's about it. Yeah. Yeah. And and he knew that, you know, the police had decided not to press charges. Uh, And so based on that, he invites him to the White House. And, you know, like 300,000 people retweeted it in an hour or something insane. Well, as it turns out, The invention was nothing special, and there's a whole lot of reason to believe that this was a setup. Yes. Well, we now have even more reason to believe. On the eve... Did you know that his, he is scheduled to go to the White House tomorrow? Did you know this? Oh, is he back already from Mecca? Well, that's the, that's the part I'm getting to. So even before this next story I'm about to tell you, which uh, we're going to run out of time on, but will, I'll do my best, uh, there was already good reason to, to, d- to doubt whether or not he deserved anything close to a White House invitation. But it now turns out that he met with and was photographed with the president of Sudan known as the Butcher of Defar. Now, oh, that's great. Now, and, and there's a photograph of this. There is a photograph of this. So on his celebrity tour of how fantastic I am, and remember, this whole Darfur thing was one of the biggest cause celebs in, in modern liberal history. right? George You're, Clooney. Everybody. He, he's the devil, the, the Butcher of Darfur. And, and Ahmed had his photograph taken with him as he visited with him in Sudan. And this is a guy who was, first of all, supposed to believe was totally innocent, and second of all, is worth—forget about his clock. This right here ought to make him ineligible for a White House visit. Hell, he ought to be on a terror watch list because of this visit, not because of the clock. I mean, it's it's unbelievable, yet— Mainstream news media has virtually completely ignored this. This is not some sort of right wing story. There's a photograph. Look it up on Google yourself. All right, when we come back, two more of these stories uh, that um, I don't know that Leah's going to agree with me on, but we'll find out on the John and Leah show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. You're listening to The John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. And we're talking about uh, several Twitter-created stories that have uh, turned out to be completely or at least mostly bogus. Leah, I, I don't know if I'm more shocked by the fact that uh, Achmed or Clockmed, as many refer to him, is apparently going to visit the White House tomorrow or that he's going to visit the White House with almost no controversy about the yeah. White House visit, especially after having been photographed with the butcher of Darfur, it's it's a it's amazing the whole it's it's an onion story. It's it, it the onion is going to go out of business as I, as I keep saying because you can't parody the news anymore, and and the uh, the clock med story is a perfect example of this. I, I'm wondering. Do you think that Ahmed's people, I mean, they have to be in communication with the White House, right? Do you think oh, that, sure. Do you think that they told him, told the White House, hey, by the way, we're going to go to Sudan, and we're <laughs> going to meet with the Butcher of Four. Is that okay? Is that cool with you guys?
1: Yeah, and, and he probably said, hey, no problem. Uh, the media won't
0: won't bring it up. Yeah, well, see, obviously these two things are related. See, Obama's genius, and by the way, he, he is a genius in some ways. Of course, it's easy to be a genius. Evil. Well, evil genius I, you know i it's kind of be strange from a guy who made a movie called media malpractice how obama got elected and you know did the uh, the obama voter video back in 2008 i don't know that i view him as evil i i really don't i mean oh my goodness in some ways he's he's been pretty honest about what he wants to do i now there, there are elements of what he's doing that are evil. There's no question about that. But I don't want to get bogged down on that. Here, here's the more important point. His genius is he knows what he can get away with with the media. Everything. I, in a savant-like way. Now, granted, it's almost anything. Um, yeah. So that's not that difficult an equation to make. But for him to know, eh, don't worry about it. Go ahead. Knock yourself out, clock man. Go, to, go visit the uh, Butcher of Darfur there won't be a problem, we got you covered, um, is really amazing. He also,
1: he also met with uh, with CARE, too. And Barack Obama, he knows what CARE is all about.
0: Yeah. I, I, I mean, come on. Okay, you know? I don't know the level of communication between the two groups, but I guarantee you. If anything, one one thousandth of this on the right, with a Republican president happened, uh, they they would have gotten rid of clock med immediately. I mean, there would have been no visit because the media would have destroyed them over it. Um, but we live in the media very-
1: can't say anything bad about Muslims. You know that. Yeah,
0: that's true. All right, now the, the next Twitter story, uh, which we found out uh, for sure, is a total fraud. Uh, I'm very curious about Leah Brandon's reaction, too, because I'm referring to the dentist who killed Cecil the lion. Uh, This week it was announced by Zimbabwe that, oh, by the way, uh, we don't believe any laws were broken. Uh, We're not going to bring him back over here. He'll be facing no charges. And and Leah, you know, look, I I know you love animals. Of course. There's
1: no way they're going to charge someone who's going to go over there and spend money. I don't care what he did. They will never charge him. They charge the local guys, but they'll never take away the money guy. This is no surprise.
0: Okay, but Leah, all right. So, so your your position on this is that, and this is where you and I differ greatly. I, I don't have any love for these poachers. Uh, this is stupid to me. I don't get it. It, it seems like there's a, a huge insecurity somewhere. I don't know why you'd get pleasure out of it. I, I don't understand any of it. I certainly don't understand why you'd spend all that money to do it's it. A, it's a game. Uh, okay, okay. But here's here's where you and I differ greatly. One, you're an animal person, and I respect that, and, and you love animals, and I don't, I don't dislike animals. I just you you are in the top 0.1 percent when it comes to animal love. Would you acknowledge that? Well, I mean, I hate trophy hunters. I understand that. I get it. But here's what what, what my concern from the beginning of the story was that we were buying into things as fact that we had no idea whether or not they were true. And we were doing so in a matter of hours from Zimbabwe when there was no logical explanation for how we were getting the information. And what I meant by, meant by that is... Who was the source? Because the only people that were there were the were the dentist and the people he was paying. So the story never made any sense. And then when the next day or two, whenever it was, when we were told erroneously that Cecil's brother had also been killed, and that turned out to be totally bullcrap. I lost all faith in the reporting on the story. And so I automatically presume that almost everything we were told about the dentist was false. Well, it's not true
1: because two other people have been charged. And by the way, uh, that particular park apparently is just nothing but corruption. They just found 30 elephants that were killed. They're now using cyanide. Kept, okay. You're, you're this changing is, the subject. No, no, no. <laughs> it's the same park uh, but, okay but leah, we so destroyed. you mean to tell but, but you, me that he didn't know uh that he could get away with things there come leah, on
0: leah you we i have no idea i do not know and neither well, do we you do
1: know that he has poached before and lied about it and we i'm don't telling know. you no you don't know we do. That. no you we
0: don't absolutely do No, you don't see this is what drives me crazy about people like you you get so emotionally attached and then whatever really? whatever you believe whatever gets thrown out there that you want to believe no matter what regardless of the sourcing, regardless of whether it makes any sense, you buy into it and it creates a narrative.
1: We don't know. So the black bear in Montana that he caught, that he lied about? You don't know
0: that. You're You're believing stories written by people who believe like you do and who saw this story as a way to forward an agenda. That's what happened.
1: Well, here's what we do know because we've seen pictures of him killing everything. (sighs) pictures of him with bears with this with that it's not beyond the realm Uh, but anyway his life was destroyed leah and we don't it was not (laughs) he's back open
0: (laughs) so you don't know you don't know whether or not his business as a dentist has been destroyed or not you know know.
1: frankly i don't care if it was destroyed Uh, uh, he's throwing away 50 grand to go kill things i'm sorry see but
0: see, it doesn't like, matter to me. All right. You should have saved your money. Okay, well, that's fine that that's your opinion, but I just have a real problem with this idea that it's okay to destroy people's lives based upon faulty information that usually turns out to be false, and in this case, there's no indication it was true. Well, it,
1: I wasn't up there putting, uh, you know, drawing of the Lion on his garage.
0: Fair enough. Okay, but, but, there but, was other people that did that. But people of like mind did. Uh, <laughs> yeah, and, some and by, people went
1: over the top. And by the way... <laughs> that is true. And if
0: you live in his neighborhood, Leah. You you might not have been doing the painting, but you would have been cheering. I would have been cheering. (laughs) All right. All right. Now, that's the best we're going to do on that story. The the third Twitter story (laughs) that I got to talk about this week involves the aunt from hell. Have you heard about this one? Oh, yes. I think she got a bad rap. Hashtag aunt from hell. (laughs) We decided this week that we were going to destroy the life of a woman because it appeared as if she was suing her nephew for an incident that occurred when when the nephew, the little boy, was giving her a hug and she broke her wrist, in the interim after the accident, the nephew's... Mother, obviously the aunt's sister, died, and this horrible aunt from hell had the audacity to sue her poor nephew in court for uh, six figures. Um, and that is the way the story was presented. Exactly. It really is. No, yeah. so Twitter decided oh, that's all we need to know. That's aunt all- from hell. <laughs> aunt from hell is the hashtag. Let's destroy this person's life, even though we have no other facts, and even though that story doesn't make a lick of sense at all. Because why? Okay, let's just do the you know the the logic in our heads. Who sues a twelve-year-old? Well, that number one. But number the the essence of the story that even her critics was accepting was that the kid was rushing to hug her. Okay, and knocked her down. And knocked her down, and she broke her wrist. All right. Well, long story short, it turns out that this was purely a legal technicality, one which is not abnormal at all i know this from my own uh, personal experience my mother was killed in a car accident the car was being driven by her boyfriend at the time who was a dr- a judge in philadelphia back in 1994 and in order to in order to get where we needed to go to legally we technically needed to sue the judge something that seemed awful to all of us but our lawyers told us there was no other choice from a from a legal technicality standpoint so this is very similar to what happened here and how do we know that that's all that happened the woman and her nephew appeared on the Today Show together, <laughs> where the nephew was forced to express his love for his aunt in front of a national television audience to prove what a bogus Twitter generated story this was. Stop the insanity. That's the world we live in, folks. Yeah. And so that's true. The, the moral of this story, and I, I love this one headline I found, Leah. Headline, not. Hashtag aunt from hell after all. If you, <laughs> if you sensed something off about the story of the woman who sued her nephew, you were right. Well, gee, <laughs> thanks, media. Maybe we should try. A week later. <laughs> yeah, why don't we wait? What, what's the damn rush How I
1: mean, about the ambush of the woman in the driveway oh. in the drive oh and her house is really cute and it's uh, like oh my gosh look at the house she lives in
0: uh, it, it's just <laughs> horrible it is horrible what we've become and twitter <laughs> which i spend much of my day on <laughs> is a large <laughs> you part, do. A large part of the problem all right when we come back um i got to talk about Lamar Odom, speaking of the the catastrophic media world in which we now live in, and um, a little bit about uh, fantasy sports uh, on the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show on the Free Speech Broadcasting Network. This is the final segment of this edition of the John and Leah Show. My name is John Ziegler. My co-host is Leah Brandon. Two stories I want to talk about in our final moments. The first is one that I'm sure would be very difficult for you to have avoided, especially if you live uh, in the city of Los Angeles, where I broadcast just outside of uh, each and every Sunday evening. And that is the Lamar Odom story, where uh, Lamar Odom... A former Los Angeles Lakers, NBA basketball player, and pseudo current Kardashian husband. Um, it, there's been some. Do we know for sure if he's still technically married to Khloe Kardashian?
1: Uh, yeah, that's what we think. They are just estranged and not divorced.
0: Although I've seen conflicting reports on that. I've seen also conflicting reports on his medical condition after he went on. I don't even know how to describe what he went on. I mean, he basically went on a a drug binge along with a a, a sex drug element. Um, It seemed like he was also— And booze. Booze. He was eating enormous amounts of food, having incredible amounts of sex. And it almost seems like he was trying to kill himself with drug sex— Uh, alcohol and food um, which he he did a hell of a job of because because the initial reports were and i I remember seeing this in fact at one point show you the conflicting reports on my uh phone when i go to yahoo.com you know yahoo has you know dozens and dozens of stories that they they deem you know that liberals deem to be important liberal and entertainment minded people and um literally three or four stories from each other one said Lamar Odom, if, even if he survives, expected to never live a normal life.
1: Exactly, and then brain then, damage, and brain
0: then, damage, and then three stories down is Lamar Odom now uh, speaking and uh, and you know and improving dramatically. Yeah. Uh, at the same time, uh, now here's why I find this significant: that there are two elements. The first element is the incredibly benign lack of any judgment. On, oh, I know. On Lamar Odom uh, for this story, as if somehow this is all part of an illness, right? <laughs> I mean, seriously, the coverage of him would not have been any, in fact, it probably would be less and, 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 and less adoring if he had had a heart attack, just had a heart attack and survived it, um, you know, but but there's no judgment at all that this guy did this to himself, right um and which he and obviously Khloe kardashian goes
1: there look if he wasn't dead by the time i got there if i was her i would have made sure he was dead well that <laughs> if he's still my husband and doing
0: this stuff you got to be kidding all me right, well the, the kardashians are the second element about this um they are just disgusting people yes. and it, it's clear that they are trying to take every pr publicity advantage of this uh you now there've been some conflicting reports about whether or not they brought television cameras for their show to the hospital or whether they didn't. Who knows? We'll find out. I'm sure eventually. But well, Jesse
1: Jackson was there. He doesn't show up if there's no cameras.
0: That's true. It's in his contract. Um, and so, and, and there's a, and there's another element of this Kardashian thing. Which, of course, the media will ignore because it would involve some sort of condemnation of what has happened to Bruce Jenner. But look what has happened to the males in the Kardashian sphere. Oh,
1: yeah, they've all fallen apart.
0: It is unbelievable. Mm -hmm. I mean, when Kanye West is the only one who's somewhat still holding it together, there's a problem. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, mean, that's what it's become. I mean, they turned Bruce Jenner into a woman. You know, Rob Kardashian is is obese and depressed as hell. Uh, Lamar's trying to kill himself. Chris Humphreys, the other NBA player, who was married to Kim for like fifteen seconds. Has got to be thrilled to have gotten out of there. Oh uh, yeah, uh, it, it is unbelievable. And yet, the, this is America's royal family. Uh, it's it's unbelievable, and it's had an incredibly corrosive element uh, impact on our culture, and uh, and it's 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 also an indication. It's both a cause and an indication of just how horrific our culture has become in the uh, Kardashian era. Uh, and, and the amount of coverage that Lamar Odom has gotten is absurd. I mean, it's all because of the Kardashians. It's
1: that's, all, that's exactly it's, right.
0: If he had no Kardashian connection, the media wouldn't give a damn. Um, now, one other story i got to get to involves fantasy sports. Because you've probably seen a lot of different headlines involving fantasy, fantasy sports specifically um, – DraftKings and FanDuel. Now, if you watch any sports at all, those commercials for for DraftKings and FanDuel are ubiquitous. I mean, they are everywhere, which, by the way, is maybe one of the greatest indications of how poor our economy is. I mean, our economy is basically being held together by commercials for FanDuel and DraftKings. I mean, if you took away FanDuel and DraftKings... And kings, male
1: performance enhancement. Right. You
0: took away those, the the entire media industrial complex would collapse. <laughs> uh, cause, I mean, I'm being serious. No, it's true. And, and I, I've always believed, Leah, that if an industry or a product advertises too much... There's a problem. Yeah. There's a reason. And just like uh, Obamacare got advertised too much, milk used to get advertised way too much. Uh, you know, there's there are certain products that I get very suspicious about. Why are you advertising as much as you are? Um, and these 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 guys are off the charts. Well, now we're learning because it's a scam. And the scam is actually quite interesting. The scam is very much like. Ashley Madison, and the Donald Trump campaign. And that is in, in in this way. The scam is that they are selling a fantasy. You know, in Ashley Madison's case, the fantasy that there are women out there who want to have affairs with married yeah, men. Exactly. Right. Yeah, please. Right. This, the, the Trump fantasy is that this guy actually can get elected against Hillary Clinton. <laughs> and the fantasy on the fantasy sports is... Guess what, you you unemployed, uh, you know middle aged white guys, you can make millions of dollars playing fantasy sports. Yeah, not really, not going to happen in real
1: life. But Does the, anybody make any money playing fantasy
0: sports? Well, there's some experts that do, and that's what's causing the scandal. See, the scandal is based upon the notion that there are certain people who get inside information, specifically in one case, employees of these two fantasy sports operations where they get the data of what everybody's playing see the bottom line of all this without getting too complex is in order to win it's not about picking the best it's about picking the most underrated players or teams and if you know what everybody else is doing you have a better chance statistically of winning the only people who win play thousands of times at any given moment and so the bottom line is now there's an FBI investigation. Nevada has outlawed them, saying that it's gambling, and it needs to be regulated and licensed. Um, you got. Well, why
1: didn't they do that before? Well, because a- they all
0: of a sudden. No, no. What well, you mean? Why Nevada didn't do it before? Yeah. It took an investigation to determine that it's actually gambling. Uh, that it fit. <laughs> that it, I'm serious. That it fit the definition of gambling. Um, and and the reality is, fantasy sports, in my mind, is not only a scam. Uh, where you're basically you know the smart the people who have the best information and who are the smartest are taking advantage of everybody else It's almost like an inverse Obamacare where the, you know in the Obamacare the sickest people are taking advantage of the, of the, yeah. uh, the the system for <laughs> right. all the healthy people well in this case in fantasy sports all the smart people are taking advantage of the masses of idiots who think that this can actually happen for them um, and and the reality is that fantasy sports is gonna kill professional sports because an entire generation of fans are learning to be aligned with and have allegiances to individuals instead of teams teams right and oh mm-hmm. and and they the, the loyalty to the team is being eroded and eventually there'll be nothing left and uh, and so this is why i have passion for this uh fantasy sports issue and maybe some other point in the future when i have more time we'll get more deeply into it but we are out of time for this edition of the john and leah show uh, leah as always thanks so much for joining us Oh uh, yes, thank you. I will talk to you next week. Sounds good. Check out our website for our podcast Monday morning www.freespeechbroadcasting.com that's freespeechbroadcasting.com. Till next Sunday. I'm John Ziegler. Have a good week.